Accepted. Sometimes God's love can be hard to swallow. Yeah, not as hard as a dinner plate. <laughs> God loves you. No more guitar, mate. Not in restaurants. There's a time and a place. And your time and a place is in a very isolated location where no one's likely to be for about a fucking hundred years. Okay? Because Jimi Hendrix, you ain't. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 57 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. Thomas. And today we are discussing Kill List from Ben Wheatley, 2011. Uh, Thomas, would you like to read for us the description of Kill List? Yeah, absolutely. Kill List 2011. Nearly a year after a botched job, a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings. What starts off as an easy task soon unravels, sending the killer into the heart of darkness. And this stars uh, Neil Maskell and Mayanna Burling. And Harry Simpson. Harry Simpson, yes. And I feel like it's missing Michael Smiley. Michael, it's starring Michael Smiley and Neil Maskell. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, Harry Simpson plays the son. I don't think he's very yeah. Role IMDb that. slipped up on that. Well, and the, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> that synopsis too basically reveals the entire plot as well. Uh, Somewhat, yeah, for, a, little for the bit, most, yeah. a little bit. It gives you enough direction that, like, it it kind of spoils things. But before we get into deep spoilers, Thomas, what did you think of Kill List? I like this movie a lot. You told me to go in blind, and that's why I sort of made that comment about the synopsis because the synopsis uh -huh. does uh, it does uh, sort of lift up the veil a little bit and sort of explain kind of what the engine is of this movie. But going into it, I had you know I've never watched a Ben Wheatley movie was completely unaware of like what this movie was about or like what the tone was and it, it's really interesting because yeah it's a a pretty dark movie with some like heavy subject matter as far as like what these characters are sort of going through i enjoyed the performances and i really appreciated the editing of this movie it's really like a fluid kind of editing style where there'll be like sort of sound from one scene kind of bleeding into another. We'll be seeing images of something, of characters sort of doing something. And it's just like, yeah, they're like the finishing of a conversation or there'll be just a lot of stuff in silence or just like with a little bit of like brooding synth music. And so I like just how like fluid and like, um, I want to say a little bit erratic with the way that it's edited. I guess not erratic, but um, it, it, it feels like, it feels like like the way like you kind of imagine a memory or imagine a story in your past or so like it kind of jumps around at least how i do <laughs> my, my mind kind of like yeah. jumps around and mixes stuff up a little bit and that's in the cuts are really abrupt sometime and like i i really appreciate that stylistically but yeah as far as watching this uh in the frame of we're talking we're talking about the cornetto trilogy right now so you pick this um, coming out of Hot Fuzz, and so I, I yeah. feel like it, it does share some similarities with yeah. with Hot Fuzz in some way. So I, I do like the connection of that. Um, yeah, I like this movie without getting too spoilery. It is a lot of fucking fun. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of trouble with uh, understanding their dialogue in the beginning. I think it would have been helpful if did I had to turn captions on. <laughs> no, I didn't. I I just toughed it out and just said like I'm just gonna listen very carefully and just like try to just decipher what they're saying because. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're uh, speaking like the way that they talk is like 
really quiet and muted and like they're like a very conversational level and sometimes yeah. kind of like mumbled a little bit and I don't know I appreciate that it may it kind of it may be like physically draw into my laptop a little bit more and be like okay mm-hmm. like I really need to listen and so when it starts to to jump off it, it really took me by surprise so so yeah it's a really good choice uh, what do you think about this movie upon um rewatch I mean I love it <laughs> uh so so the first time I watched this it felt it felt really good. It felt like a discovery. Like I'd heard murmurs of Kill List, but I'd never gotten like a solid recommendation from someone like, "Oh yeah, you got to watch Kill List." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think I watched it on like a birthday a few years ago or something. Uh, fun party. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, we got we got the uh, projector out, and we were li- the audio was coming from the projector, which is like super shitty. So we had to turn captions on. Mm-hmm. Um, even on a rewatch, though, I got to turn those captions on because I cannot understand their accents. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you, that you mentioned the uh, the volume mixing uh, because you're I, I've definitely heard that before that like um, I didn't have any troubles with the audio but like I have heard people say that like yeah the the dialogue feels a little low at points um, but yeah it's it's very naturalistic the way that these characters speak to each other and the performances and uh, during the credits it even says like additional dialogue by the performers so there's a lot of improvisation here yeah which is um, cool. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I love this movie. Um, it definitely, it's a movie that can be spoiled. There is a, there are big reveals here. And just like Hot Fuzz, I think it uh, it's a very different movie on rewatch. Yeah. Because you know where the movie's going and you're looking for, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I remember the first time I watched it feeling like there were glimpses of things, uh, glimpses of trouble. <laughs> And then, um, you know, it gets to where it gets to. But I feel like I spent enough time away from those glimpses of trouble that I got caught up in the drama that is, um, you know, more at the at the front of the drama that it's more present between about these two hitmen trying to complete their job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get distracted from the mysterious elements a little bit. Um, but yeah, on the rewatch, I was. I, I, the pacing feels really good to me. I've seen I've seen some people complain that this is a very slow movie, or that like the ending feels like it comes out of nowhere, and I completely disagree. Yeah, no. uh, it's only an hour and a half. Like it's a pretty short movie, um, and I think it's I think it's very well paced, and I think it is very deliberate that we spend enough time just focusing with these two characters trying to do their job that we do get a little distracted from the mystery, um, and I, I think that's one of the things that makes this really special and effective. Um, you know, you want to get caught up in the moment so that when you're reminded, oh yeah, something terrible is happening that I'm not aware of, uh, yeah, it yeah. feels it feels that much more effective. It's that much more of a of a gut punch. Um, yeah, there is definitely something really menacing lurking in this movie, and it that feeling it like it lingers in pretty early, like when yeah. they have the like the dinner, like well, they're like sort of it's a it's like yeah, sorry. So yeah, Neil Mascali plays Jay and Mayana, uh, she plays Shell. And so they're like, have, like they have like a, a relationship that's on the rocks. And like they, like there's uh, Harry Simpson, his Sam is like kind of like witnessing like they're like this couple sort of really struggle to hold it together. And like she sends him to the store to get groceries for this party. And he just comes back with only wine and like toy swords and like fighting with toy swords. And 
Yeah, they, they like which fire- that scene, <laughs> <laughs> the context surrounding the sword fight scene really changes. Yeah, yeah, def- uh, curiously, <laughs> and I did not know I did not notice that uh, until the rewatch, like how important that sword fight scene is. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> definitely, Fair, yeah. Now, now it's coming back to me. But yeah, like when they're having the dinner with a uh, um, with Gal and uh, Fiona, it's like they're like she's like kind of taking subtle jabs at him and everything, like sort of having like not like a super pleasant night. And so, yeah, there's like, there's this really, uh, there's this, a string of tension that's like the through line from this movie, but yeah, it, like it just gets heightened so much once we actually follow along like the little hitman plot and like go out with them as they do what they're doing. But yeah, it, like even from the very beginning, I was just really uneasy and really tense with just how these uh, characters are uh, playing. And then it's sort of the first spike happens when she like, they mentioned something specific about like, him like going to Afghanistan or Iraq or something like that. And then he just like, like stand, he flips his dinner to his plate over stands up and rips the tablecloth under the, from under the table. Yeah. Abracadabra. Yeah. And it's like this really, really intense reaction. And that, that's yeah. I was just like, Oh shit. Like this guy is kind of, uh, he's, he's, he has an anger problem. He's definitely unhinged. And so I, like, it, it's just that in itself makes me really nervous about how he is going to handle the problems of the rest of this movie. Yeah, tensions are very high. And regarding the abracadabra scene, he does a pretty good job pulling that sheet out. Like a lot of stuff stayed on the table. Yeah, there's even like the bowl that, oh, like, sorry, the serving dish that has like the meat or the the, the lamb shops, the lamb, shops shanks. The lamb yeah. shanks in it, and it like it's hanging like right at the edge of the, yeah. the table. And I was just like, is that fucking just movie magic, or is he <laughs> like I don't know how they like they pulled that off, but it was really impressive. And I was like, damn, like it's just just defying gravity in that moment yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah what did you think about i, I just yeah about go, that. go ahead go ahead I was uh, just, yeah no i just <laughs> okay okay go ahead. That, that's all i had really to say about that first little bit because it it does like it starts off pretty tense but then that reaction that he has at the table sort of the reaction that jay has to that that little conversation which is like not she's not like overtly just like shitting on his military career nah, she's fucking shitting on him and it's oh, not like, even it's not so much about the military career it's she's saying stuff she says something along the lines of like um the last time you cared about a family was like yeah. so many months ago or something True. like she's taking okay. she says like i'm not talking about you behind your back or something like that but then she or or i'm not i'm not going to embarrass you in front of your friends or something she says something along those lines yeah but then she just starts making these comments which are like pretty fucking brutal uh, yeah sure yeah about he, him being out of work and shit yeah he does uh make like a small comment he's like oh, we have all these uh, serving dishes and you put the gravy in a pyrex thing it looks like a fucking yeah, chemistry that's like set. he's trying to get back at her yeah but that's like the, the quiet moment between themselves but yeah but she's yeah she does all that stuff when everyone else is back at the table yeah yeah so it's he takes the the lamb shakes that haven't been cut and she says i don't want to embarrass you or something <laughs> And he's like, you could have told me I don't want to embarrass you. And then she makes the comment about like him not caring about his family, basically. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. Uh, so yeah, it's I I I do appreciate how ah, just fucking sinister and like venomous that whole conversation is. <laughs> yeah. And because you fucking feel it, like you feel how uncomfortable it is, and also something so much tension. Something I notice with the character Fiona, like they're sort of asking what she does and she's like she's in human like, i'm in human resources and yeah. like i kind of go around from place to place firing people and it's like mm-hmm. it's nothing personal and it's like she even mentions like after this whole recession like there's a lot of dirty work that has to be done and i thought that was an interesting bit of foreshadowing for what the the two guys do as a profession and she says something along the lines of like 
she looks at where there's a unnecessary manpower or something like that. Yeah. And kind of <laughs> sinister. Yeah. And Gal calls her a, a hatchet man. It's like, oh, no, sorry. A hatchet oh, person. Yeah, <laughs> hatchet man. Yeah. But yeah. Just her uh, line saying uh, it's nothing personal. I thought was pretty poignant for what follows in the rest of this movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then we we do get the sort of uh, the first real like something something darker is happening something something is amiss some sort of mystery is taking place where fiona goes to the restroom and on the back she pulls the mirror off the wall and on the back of the mirror she grabs a knife and she carves a symbol into the back of this mirror yeah and she finds this uh tissue from when um i'm already forgetting his name is it jay Jay, when jay had cut himself shaving so there's this tissue that has a little bit of blood on it and she like takes that and pockets it and hangs the mirror back up on the wall and this is the first like what the fuck was that about moment (laughs) in the movie and we kind of don't get any development on that for a for a while yeah Um, yeah so yeah let's we could start getting into spoiler territory i think um yeah how do you yeah. You want to talk a little bit more first? Uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Like, since you've been more familiar with this movie, um, what do you interpret as, like, the um, the dead rabbit scene that happens, like, shortly after that? Like, the morning after? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like it has to be intentional. Like, it has to be part of this sinister presence that uh, happens later in the movie. Yeah. Because there's just like yeah, we have to get in a spoiler talk. Yeah, well, we yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta do because yeah, there's this whole thing with like just for the, the listeners. There's a after that argument at the dinner table, like okay. there's this nice little cute shot of their cat like eating like the like this the the mess of that's on the table, and then later we find out that well, after this whole little corpse of this rabbit shows up on their lawn, like Jay he cooks it up and he eats it. And the mom explains yeah. to the son that, oh, yeah, like our cat, he likes to bring us like gifts. And so yes. like, that's one of them. And I just, I don't know. She says the cat brings us presents. And I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was another really strange thing that like feels kind of fucking out of place and just menacing and strange. But it gets sort of, I feel satisfied towards the end when we find out more about just the, like, what's Figure out exactly going what the fuck is going on yeah we should so, talk about the spoilers in this movie yeah let's get gnarly. in the fucking spoilers <laughs> okay first question i have is do you think the mother um i have to look up everyone's names shell do you think she's in on it because of her smile at the end i don't know that's a good question uh i wasn't yeah her reaction at the end is one of the more perplexing things about the finale of this movie. Um, yeah, because I don't know why she would be happy or like uh, was like the point of, I guess, to just draw him into this organization, into <laughs> this, I should say, it, just draw him because, into the cult. Because <laughs> part of me is thinking that, okay, if she's in on it, then maybe the point of this dinner is to one, bring Fiona into the house, and a two, like, because she's getting under his skin and they have this fight, like the whole point of getting under his skin is to push him to start working with uh, Gal again to like take on this contract. Um, that's what I was thinking. Like, the, yeah. The, yeah, that the whole purpose of the dinner is to like push him to get under skin so that he, you know, feels pressured to take on this contract. But then <laughs> I fucking, I looked at the trivia page before this and I guess in the audio commentary, um, Ben Wheatley and his wife, Amy Jump, who co-wrote the movie, um, 
they say that they don't they disagree with the idea that shell is part of it that like a lot of people interpret shell to be part of because of her smile but they disagree with that and thinking about it more it's like shell puts the silencer on the gun and she's like shooting cultists so it's yeah. like why would she be doing that if she was part of it yeah it seems like she puts on a, a pretty decent fight at the end to just like i don't know to sort of surrender to that and yeah so, yeah I, i'm sort of with them on that where it feels like no, they sort of built her up as her, uh, like, a uh, kind of ex-military badass in her own way. So, yeah. yeah, just, like, the the tragedy of the end seems to be just, like, yeah, like, they, like, she sort of, like, loses, like, they, she falls they victim yeah, to, to this win. cult, too, yeah. It's yeah. so fucking crazy that a cult <laughs> is in this movie. Because yeah. it's, like, uh, like, so what do you think about, like, the trajectory of this movie, like, how it unfolds? Like, talk to me about that. Uh, I fucking love it, yeah. Like I say, it's a little hard to sort of understand the dialogue early on but i think it, it sort of clears itself up a lot once you sort of the plot takes off and we follow along like this uh sort of three chapter uh mm -hmm. what fault like the sorry the chapters are named after the victims and so we're following along yeah. this this like list of what they're supposed to be doing and it's it's honestly it's just really great there's so many small details that i love about it like when they're talking to the person who gives him the contract and he like so signs the contract in blood by like slicing Jay's hand open like a yeah, like this really, blood packed. Yeah, it's really deep gash in his hand. And so like his reaction to it is really like, oh man, man my hand hurts. But I'm like, damn, like you'd be <laughs> in a lot of fucking pain. It feel like it looks like a pretty deep cut. And yeah. I like that gal is just like taking the soaps from the bathroom yeah, yeah. <laughs> like during that. Yeah, he's a nice uh, okay. <laughs> question about question about the client. Did you think he looked like Joe Biden? Because I was super distracted. <laughs> Uh, uh, a little bit. <laughs> Didn't think because like on first watch, I was like, this guy kind of looks like a Joe Biden. On second watch, I'm like, this guy looks like Joe Biden, but with like a Trump inspired haircut. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, no, I didn't quite put that together. I, was just, I think I was just more focused on just Jay because I think yeah, Jay's performance is really fucking good. It's my first time watching a movie with this actor Neil Maskell, and he has like a particular brooding look. Well, mm -hmm. he just looks like. You know, like kind of scruffy beard a little bit and just like uh, a very serious demeanor. And so like when the camera is on him and the way that this, the camera work is in this movie is like there's a lot of close shots on his face or like it feels very intimate the way that it's shot. It's like I'm just really kind of just like hypnotized by like him sort of being silent or like him just trying to figure out what he's, you know, what his intentions are. And so when they do the first killing, it's like this nice like oh, like, okay, it's, like, kind of a, th not a throwback, but it seems to be uh, just, like, depicting these hitmen in a way that's, like, okay, it's, like, a meticulous thing. It's something a little bit more familiar to to movies featuring sort of these kind of characters, like, just, you know, they're they're prepared and they're very ready, and so they, it, it seems to be done in a very clean way where they have, like, the bags ready and they put plastic all over the preachers. Yeah, they're experienced. Yeah. yeah, they're, like, really experienced. Like, they, like the, I really appreciate that montage because, like, it's very quiet the way that like we see the the preacher's like ceremony inside the church and everything and then kind of just like sneaking into this uh his, through the back and sort of preparing to shoot him yeah uh and there's this nice after they kill him there's this nice cut where they're loading the body into the trunk and then halfway into the trunk we cut to them putting the body into an incinerator yeah um which is really nice but um when they kill the priest and the priest looks at Jay and smiles. And then Jay says, turn around. And the priest says, thank you before turning around. What, yeah, what was your response to that? How were you feeling? 
Uh, it's really <laughs> fucking eerie. Um, I, yeah, I think it just ties into just that character. And I think it, it was more just a reference to like, maybe he sees his death or this hit, like this murder that's going to happen to him as like uh, a sort of something that is akin to like a, this righteous path that, uh, that he's supposed to be taking or something, mm. something like that. So I just thought that, okay, like, he is accepting this in a way, in a way that's like different from the ways that the characters experience these, <laughs> these hits later on. So he's like yeah. very at peace, you know, he's just like, okay, like, thank you. Like you're, like you're taking me out of this mortal coil. Like you're, you're, you're <laughs> like, you're lifting me up the, this dark burden or something like that. I don't know. So he, he's like cool with it. So I thought that was interesting, but the reaction from the librarian is something that yeah, really absolutely. fucking lingered with me. That's like <laughs> it just dials it up. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, an intense, gnarly, like like moment of violence where it, it's like fucking sado. Like I don't how hard to pronounce that word. Uh, sado masochistic. Sado yeah, sado masochistic. Where he's just like <laughs> like I've heard about you and like or like I've been you know does he say like I've been looking forward to this or something he just says like or I've heard about you and I'm happy to meet you or something like that yeah well he asked like does gal know who like he doesn't say gal but he's like does your partner know who you are and he's like what are you talking about yeah he says like it's a it's like an honor to meet you or something like that yeah and then he proceeds to start like beating him and like just wailing on him when he's like tied to the chair and it's yeah brutally violent scene in the movie yeah, and he's just like saying thank you, and like while it's yeah. happening, and so that yeah, that was really fucking strange to me. Yeah, that's cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gal is like fine. Like I don't even remember this. Like I remember like uh, the librarian saying like thank you and like knowing who he is, which is fucking weird and creepy. But I completely forgot that like Gal fa- finds this uh, folder. That has the symbol that was carved onto the back of the mirror. Yeah. And then, like, later when he's, like, looking through it, there's, like, photos of them. Um, and, like, I'd completely forgotten about that. Um, yeah. Is... That's, yeah. So it's just, like, he's he been following them? Or is he, like, is he, is he in on it in some way? Yeah. Or is like, yeah. Are all but... three of these hits part of it? Which we realize they are. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as the client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the scene is crazy. Because, yeah, he, like, proceeds to, like, punch this guy and, like, you know really roughs him up he like has like a swollen eye like at one point and then yeah like he's he continues to kind of not like like egg a mom but he like is continually thankful during this entire sequence so he just like grabs a hammer and like fucking cracks his skull open and it's like yeah it is the 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 way that they shoot it is like you're sort of kind of back it's like somewhat of a wide shot and the uh, librarian is like on the dinner table and it just does not cut away. It just like does not cut during like the four or five strikes He's that happens. And, yeah, and oh, god damn it. It's like we talk about we we have been talking about movie violence pretty frequently over the last like couple of episodes and even like franchises, because we were talking about the the Korean violent uh, revenge trilogy and everything. And yeah, just it's like just, what do you think about this scene? It's like in particular, like in like like, how in does terms that, of like, violence in terms of violence but also this what we've been talking about like just the way that violence is sort of portrayed on screen sometimes you know they're, it's very direct like you said with squid game where it's like we're seeing these people get yeah. shot or like sometimes the show isn't where we're like the, the death will happen off camera and it's kind of implied and this is one of those instances where just like it just shows the power of when the camera is just lingering on something and it's yeah it's not like well, super see- bloody but it is pretty fucking grisly 
I think for me, the most, like, okay, I want to use the word impressive. (laughs) The most impressive part to me with this violence is when he puts his head on the table and bashes his head. Because I wouldn't expect them to actually, I wouldn't expect to see, at first I was like, okay, is he going to be using a fake hammer and, like, bashing his head with this? But it's like, we, it it feels like a real hammer. Yeah. The head is taking damage. The head is, like, caving in. Yeah, so, yeah. So that was really impressive to me that they actually... Because it feels... Like, it feels very smooth. I, I'm not registering that this is a, a dummy with a fake head as he's, like, laying him on the table. It feels exactly, real. Yeah. It feels great. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, and, it's fucking gnarly. That's the word I keep going back to. Yeah. It's like, god damn it. Like, yeah, it really Yeah, just, when like, I say great, I mean in its execution. <laughs> like, it's very well done. In terms um, of the, the world of filmmaking. Not yeah. <laughs> great just because it's, oh, some guy's getting his head bashed in. But yeah. It's, but I'm also, like, I don't... So, like, Ben Wheatley, reading the trivia page, it said that Ben Wheatley says that he, even he finds watching the scene difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really find it difficult. And I think it's because, to, like, you said the camera lingers on this, and I didn't really feel like the camera was lingering. I feel like the camera, because it's like Ari Oster, when he shows you violence, he fucking lingers. <laughs> like, he lingers mm-hmm. for a long fucking time. Um, like, Ben Wheatley, in this scene, it feels like he's... He's not cutting away from the violence. He's letting you see it take place, which is already like excessive for some people. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah, I'm like I said, I wasn't expecting to see the hammer actually like land the blows. I thought he was going to cut away. We actually see it happen. But I don't feel like uh we were seeing it go on for way too long. Like the scene didn't feel yeah, like it, yeah. it, it was uh excessive to me in terms of its like length and how much time we were spending on the violence. Yeah, I do um, agree with that. It doesn't feel like gratuitous, but I I guess like just going back to what we've been talking about editing pretty frequently. But yeah, just like the fact that there are no cuts. Between, like it, It's very smooth with, with the mm-hmm. way that it per, portrays it. And I think yeah. that's why it's so much more effective and, I don't know, like just alarming to to like witness because it's just like, fuck. Like, yeah, like the other guys. Yeah, it's like, like, whoa, the, they <laughs> went there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they did it. <laughs> yeah, um, and like the other guy walks in and he's kind of like, like oh, what the fuck? It's like, no, you have to... You yeah. have to clean this mess up kind of like yeah. ways. Like there's like the re- reaction to it is also interesting because yeah, they're just so meticulous as hitmen. So when he when Jay sort of snaps and goes way further than what he's supposed to be doing, the other his friend is sort of there to be like, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like you're doing a bad like, job. Yeah, basically. like reel this back a little bit. And yeah. That yeah, also brings he's not he doesn't have issue with the violence. It's that he's doing a bad job. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But then that brings us to the third victim who where we sort of get a little bit more into uh just the the sadism aspect of like the setup the is just like yes the mp um there's this whole thing with like these guys not really knowing much about their victims and uh, is it right that it's the mp where they go to his so it, it's his the librarian house. where they go to the warehouse oh so gotcha, they gotcha, yeah they check the warehouse so that's another reason why the violence isn't like disturbing because it's like this guy fucking deserved it <laughs> yeah like, we don't see exactly why but it's implied that something sinister and awful has been happening to yeah. younger people supposedly children because yeah. it sounds like because we get the audio of, yeah. yeah it sounds like the screams of like young girls or boys like something terrible fucking happening and it, it reminded me of that moment uh, did you watch a uh, shoot detective season one i watched the first season yes yeah the season when they find like the videotapes of like this uh pastor character or who the the person is who does it but Mm. like there's that great moment in that show where like 
he's like, you don't want to see what's on this. And like, they give you this a very brief glimpse of like a young girl, like, like in the midst of a ceremony and then it cuts away to just Woody Harrelson just fucking screaming. And it's like losing his mind. But for this, I think it does it in an even like more subtle way where they go in there and like, there's like a joke of like, oh, this guy's like wank cabin or something like that. Yeah. He's like some porno mags or whatever. But then he like sits at the table and they're like, we don't go to the other like there is no reverse shot. Yeah, like, we see the like, reaction. Like, and we, that's just, it. we see the reactions and it's just like, oh fuck, we have to fuck this guy up. I guess it was reminding me of this uh the subsequent murders that happen, not murders, I guess hits that happen yeah. after the librarian where they sort of go to find the people that filmed it. Sorry, what was it that they were Well, I think he yeah, I think he says like where is it coming from? Like they they, yeah. they question the librarian and the librarian gives them an address of like yeah, where they yeah. need to go. Uh, to like, you know, higher up the food chain, basically, of this uh, brutal, violent perversion. Um, but yeah, they go to the place, and the the maybe this is what you're getting at, but there is like a disturbing detail, which is like we get to the place, we're not seeing anything happen at this place. We don't even see the violent uh, violence occur. Well, most of the violence, we do see some violence occur. Yeah. <laughs> but like he he walks in, and a man is already dead. A dog is dead. Uh, yeah. So, um, sorry, Jay goes in. Jay goes in, uh, Gal is waiting for him. It's taking a while. Gal goes in, a man is dead, a dog is dead. He's looking for Jay. And on his way to find Jay, he passes a mattress. And that, to me, is the disturbing part. Because it's like, okay, this is where they've been doing whatever was happening on those tapes. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. That grosses me out. Yeah, (laughs) and then, yeah, it it does so fucking well with just, like, letting the audience bridge that gap and like sort of come up with like that's that's what i think makes you know we've talked about horror like that's what fucking makes horror so powerful is like like the not like the tension like the building of the tension like the like just playing with that but also when we hear about these fucking gruesome things like sometimes showing our imagination is worse than anything you'll see yeah absolutely like yeah and it's just like just like i said about true detective it's just like just the the very brief little bit that we get then we get mm-hmm. this sort of reverse shot out of it it's just like fuck it's just like our minds just start going crazy trying to fill in those, yeah. those gaps and yeah like yeah the master's like yeah like it happened so briefly it didn't even like fully register i was like holy shit you mentioning it now yeah. it makes me think like yeah that's extremely grim but yeah that's like terrible it, go, it <laughs> yeah. continues it continues through like this sort of corridor kind of set of reveals with mm-hmm. like, yeah, he goes in and then the guy has like his face I, bashed in. Like, like yeah. the other guy is just, he's just like slamming this guy against the wall. And it's just like, God damn, man. Like it, it's just, yeah, just really, really well done. Um, I remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> like, like a teenager, not, not like a child. Yeah. Um, I was like on the hunt for like the most disturbing movie I could find. Like it was like this like game my sister and I were playing where it's yeah. like let's find the most disturbing movie. <laughs> um, and I remember like going on this forum and reading about Pink Flamingos. Have you seen Pink Flamingos? No, I haven't. Uh, it's John Waters. Yeah, movie, John Waters. Yeah. And it's about people who are competing to be the most disgusting person in the world. Um, and there's a scene in that movie, and I'm going to describe the scene, and it's going to be disturbing, so if you don't want to hear this, fast forward a minute. Um, but the scene is, a man gets a chicken, and I think he is having sex with a woman, and he, yeah, I think he's, like, having sex with a woman, and he picks up a chicken, and he has this live chicken between them while they're having sex, and he's, like, killing the chicken. Like, it's real. He's really killing this chicken. There's, like, Uh. blood in the scene and stuff. And 
like I read about this scene and I was like, that sounds fucking terrible. Like, is he tearing it apart? Like my mind is doing all this stuff. Like, is he tearing it apart? Like, are we hearing it's bones breaking? Like what's going yeah, on? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember watching it and I was like, oh, that wasn't at nearly as bad as I thought it would be. It's still terrible. Like he's, yeah, still, yeah. like, he's still actually killing a chicken. And then I think like in the next scene, the chicken is being cooked or something. Like they actually cooked it for the cast and crew. Oh, okay. Um, there you go. They didn't want it to go to waste. Feed <laughs> but, your like, crews, people. Feed it is your crews. <laughs> it is still, yeah. <laughs> it is still horribly disturbing that this was, uh, you know, filmed. Yeah, absolutely. But it, like the execute, like the way it is depicted on screen wasn't nearly as like brutal and horrific as what my mind had imagined. Uh, yeah. I have that same experience with me and Max. We watched solo a few years ago and I watched solo when I was on that disturbing movie spree. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's another movie that's up there where it's like, yeah, look, we're watching fascists just commit horrible acts towards yeah. other people. And I'm going to, get into something really bad here so if you don't want to <laughs> yeah. hear it fast forward um, <laughs> um but yeah like I, I don't remember too much of like the violence in that movie or anything else but there's like a moment where it's like they try to, there's just like a like a piece of shit on the ground it's like a girl mm -hmm. like they like she's making her eat it or something like that and she's yeah. just like weeping in front of it and I, yeah just like fuck like that just just that in itself is like it's just just like extreme enough but like it's I've, I heard so many terrible, terrible things about this movie. It's like banned in countries, and yeah, you know, he like can't, it was really can't, hard to find. Yeah, I can't watch this movie easily. But while I was watching it, I was just like, "That's not as like that's not as terrible as some yeah. of the other things I've seen." But it's still like pretty fucking traumatizing, and within the context of you know what these characters are going through. And I think yeah. for me, it's like usually what is more disturbing, or like what gets and grosses me out a little more, is just like thinking about like why would someone do like why would yeah, someone yeah. make this like yeah, who was yeah. the person who's like yeah i need to make a movie of this like yeah it's like we all love going to the cinema i have an idea that would be great for all of us to, <laughs> to gather what is wrong with that person and like what is going on in their psychology uh, definitely that yeah. that bothers me um, yeah but, who uh, is this for <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly who's enjoying this uh but yeah going back to to kill list yeah, so um, remind me of the MP part. Like, so I, that part's a little fuzzy. I only watched this once. So they tr so after they find out the folder, th that uh, their photos are in this folder, they want to back out of the job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jay is like, we can't back out. Like, he's too committed to this now. Um, but Gal, both Gal and his wife, uh, Jay's wife, Shell, want, want them to get out of this job and, like, try and find replacements or something. Um, the client says, no, you have one more person you got to kill. It's this MP. And that's when we get to the cult. <laughs> yeah. And the thing I love about this cult scene is, um, I mean, first, one of the weird things about the scene is that like this woman is being hanged and she's, I didn't realize she was wearing, she's covered in money. Was it? Oh, money? really? I, yeah. Like. The first time, I think the first time I watched it, I didn't know what she was wearing. Um, I think we probably watched it on a smaller TV. <laughs> but this time around, I was like, I think those are like dollar bills. But um, but anyways, the cool the thing I do like about this scene is that as they're watching this, I think it's Jay who just says, fuck this. And he just yeah. starts shooting everyone with a machine gun. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah he's um, just like, ah, I've seen enough. I'm just gonna like start annihilating these cultists. Yeah, it's like we are we are armed with like assault rifles and like I don't want to watch this shit anymore. Let's just start <laughs> yeah, going. I'm done. Wait, before we dive into the cult thing, I need to bring up the cat thing one more time because oh, isn't yeah. there a moment where he like there's this great thing, a nice little bit of detail where he like goes to the doctor to like talk about the cut in his hand. And he, That's like, a very unnerving his, like, scene too. Yeah, yeah, his like skin is kind of having like this reaction, and the and the doctor's like, oh, like don't worry about it. Like, or is he, he's yeah. giving him like kind of like really vague advice, which he like, doesn't that, even look at his hand. He just says, "You're fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like terrifying in itself when you like, like just like it's the feeling of like going to someone like medical supposed to trust, and they're just like, no, like they just have like just completely disregarding or like completely trying to divert you to something different but yeah it's not like a little bit where he goes home and he like he has like this moment with with shell where he's like unsure if he wants to do it she kind of convinces him to keep going and then they go outside and like their cat has been hung from their like their door frame and i I just thought that like do you think that was another thing tying into the cult of like absolutely yeah (laughs) okay yeah just (laughs) like it's probably fiona uh she's coming around the house um, yeah, she's been coming around the house. There's a shot of her lingering outside of his hotel room when he's inside the hotel. Yeah, she's just Which, like out, yeah, out there I, in a I white dress. Some, yeah, I saw someone saying like maybe this is happening in his head that like this mm. isn't real. Um, which is like interesting. We've we've seen him look out his own window before, uh, as like at the hotel, you know, between jobs and stuff like that. Um. So it doesn't seem unusual to me that he would look out and see this woman, not maybe not knowing who she was because she's so far away. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a strange scene. So yeah, I guess that does make a lot more sense now that you, you mentioned that. Yeah, that's like it's she's been sort of following or like shadowing him in a way, and then like yeah, like her to to kill their cat is just another more step into this like pagan territory that we yeah. get to when they're like camping outside the NPC house. There's this really great wide shot where they're like standing out there it's like kind of in the daytime right no it's like towards the evening and there's just like one light on inside of the entire like mansion that they're supposed to be going mm. into and it's just like how oh, like one guy is supposed to like live in a place yeah that yeah and i, I just like, really really appreciate that line yeah <laughs> i really appreciate that line it is like fucking creepy the way that it's framed but yeah then it gets dark and then this like procession of people sort of like walks in and like when they're all carrying torches some are fully nude some aren't mm-hmm. and they all have these like branch masks all over their faces yeah wicker yeah <laughs> fucking just straight out of hell just some dark shit happening yeah it fucking rules yeah. <laughs> like it's so cool i love where this movie ends up yeah it's it's fucking fantastic <laughs> and then there's this really like creepy scene that happens where they're like chasing them through like the, the tunnel catacomb yeah. the tunnel catacombs kind of area and it's just that's just where it feels like the most dangerous to me yeah like, it's so claustrophobic feel- yeah there's just like they just got like a shotgun and like cultist after cultist is running yeah. down this tunnel and yeah, it's like yeah. they don't even got a fucking aim <laughs> like it's a fucking tunnel um, yeah it literally feels like <laughs> a scene in like resident evil or something like that where you're just like you're yeah. inside of a cave you're inside of like a sewer kind of area and you're like you're just literally just shooting anything that moves at that point which is like everyone everyone is out to fucking slaughter you and yeah it's just really fucking creepy that's like that feeling of like having nowhere to like really run yeah they're trapped and like the trapped the trap is so much broader than the tunnel (laughs) yeah fucking a like yeah really good and so it gets to the point where gal gets like Dis, uh, not dismembered. Disemboweled, yes. Yeah. Gal gets disemboweled. It's 
yeah, the way that they do it is is fucking very effective. Whereas, it's, like, yeah, it's it's dark. You don't really see it initially. You just see he, you know, he's being stabbed. Yeah, and uh, it's not until Jay discovers him and he's like talking to him that we actually get like glimpses of like, oh no, his organs are outside of his body. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's not done. recovering from this. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Like, it's it's really tough because he's such a, like a great character and such yeah. a, a good bit of like comic relief and brevity that at like sort of because Jay is just like a, a just a fucking boiling pot. Of yeah, anger yeah. In this movie, and he's just like. He is like he's dealing with like the wife and his kid, and he just he like you know has having supposedly was having money issues or whatever, like like not working for a bit. He was working in IT, so you know he's pissed. <laughs> so, so like he's just like yeah, this is so like angry. And then yeah, Gal is just like a, a nice like yeah. character. It's so much fun to sort of see trying him, to like, find a girlfriend. Like yeah, he had to yeah. shave his pubes for some reason. Do you understand what that was about? Uh, not really. I was like, does he have crabs? <laughs> like, no, yeah, they, like they have yeah, the whole scene where she's like, yeah, man, she's crazy in bed, and he's like, well, can you elaborate? And then he's like, well, I will say I just have to shave my pubes. Yeah. Like, uh, that doesn't what really stand, does that answer my question. Yeah, Emily was like, what do you know what that means? And I was like, I have no idea. Like I say, horror is best when we yeah. up to our own imagination. Maybe she was chewing bubble gum at the time or something. Something know. like that, yeah. <laughs> something involving food yeah uh yeah it's, it's just great just like those little bits of details between them like their banter is a lot of fun and so yeah it, it, it does hurt a lot it's a really big gut punch to like yeah have him fun. die in this or at least like have him get d- disemboweled it's like really it's, it's a bummer he's a good guy yeah but yeah then it sort of continues on into this like shootout scene with shell where she's like inside of their their home no, no, she's a, they're inside of like, it's like her. an apartment or someplace. Like they they had to they fled their home because they were yeah. nervous about what was going on. Yeah, he sends yeah. them away, and so now they're at this like like their summer like a, like a cottage or something yeah. like that. Whatever the safe house is, yeah, 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 their safe house, and the cultists sort of attack her, and she just like goes John Wick and kind of yeah, just, she's like, fucking <laughs> kicking ass. Yeah, I'm like, great. how does she know like one of these dudes isn't just just Jay coming to check on her? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a dark apartment, dark building, or whatever, and yeah, just it, it's really well done the way that they do it. And yeah, she's just she has the same uh, sort of meticulous execution that the the two hitmen have, where she's just like very precise about what she's doing. At least like it doesn't seem like it's she's she seems really like in control of the situation up until yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not the case. Yeah, and then we get that card of the next. Yeah the next uh victim which is the hunchback hunchback. which i love that we get a card for it because it's like it 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 just plants in your mind like well now what the fuck is going on now where the fuck is this movie going there's a hunchback yeah Um, it's like what like we're taking a turn is it gonna be kind of like the ritual are we going into like nordic (laughs) nordic myths now it's like what the fuck is happening and yeah it's it's bad we get this fucking ceremony outside in the woods like they're circled around. Is Jay, is he naked during this, this fight scene? Um, he's probably wearing shorts. I don't wearing think he's totally and, naked. I think he's, like in, <laughs> yeah. I think he's just like in like just underwear or something like that. But yeah. this is really primal fucking fight scene against him and this hunchback, which yeah. is just like making groans and moans and like not really speaking. Squealing. Yeah. And they're having, uh, yeah, it's like a fight with knives, right? Yeah. They put a knife in his hand. The hunchback has a knife. And it is on. They yeah. uh, they put mask they put a mask on him, a wicker mask, and 
Uh, yeah, it's Thunderdome now. They're both going at it. Yeah, and he fucking he gets the upper hand and proceeds to like stab the hell out of yeah, this hunchback brutally over and over and over again. Yeah, especially in the back, which is like the fucking tough part. That's where I was just like, yeah. oh, that's why I, I kind of like put it together a little bit, and I was like, okay, oh, no. they're like <laughs> they they have like severely like just destroyed this man's life, and like and when he when he finds out what's happening, it's it's incredibly yeah. fucking hard. Like it's it's just like it's such a heavy moment to sort of end the movie on when we're going to get to it. Like they reveal that the hunchback is actually shell and Sam tied together. And yeah. he's just been like, yeah, he's, he proceeded to just like kill his wife and son in a knife fight, stab mm-hmm. the hell out of the son is so fucking heavy. And yeah, just the way that it's, yeah. They, they, then they do like the reveal of like, it's, we get to, we see Fiona is there and the client is there. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just fucking super brutal. And then, like, so after we reveal Shell and the son, Sam, we get this shot of Jay's face, and there's, like, a freeze frame. Did that happen for you? I was yeah, like, is yeah. this a glitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, like, a, a freeze frame, which is... It was, like, yeah, it was a little unfortunate. I, I really didn't like the freeze frame because I was, like, I don't... I want to watch this scene and engage with the scene. I don't want to have to deal with, is this an error? Because, like, it doesn't... It didn't quite feel stylistic to me i don't know i don't know how you how did you feel in the moment it's interesting because like i said i feel like this movie's editing is really fluid and like the like a lot of this movie has the moments where like i say sound from another scene is kind of bleeding into the shots from another or like just the, the cutting is really quick and abrupt and like you think a scene is like about to end or like a scene is heading towards the end and it kind of it ends faster than you think it's than it's going to end mm-hmm. And I think that weird, like lingering kind of pause towards the end at the, the climax of this movie is, I feel like, I don't know, just a, a moment where if you ever experience something like really awful or really intense or something hard to comprehend and you're like, you're sort of frozen in that moment. I think it's yeah. a, a good, just like depiction of that, of just like, he is just like, he is, uh, he, everything has been stripped out of this man. He, he's, he's really been broken down to just like, a man in a circle with a knife he just yeah. killed his family and so we just like just freeze frame him in that like lowest moment and i don't yeah. know it's just really effective the I, way that it, it, it is it feels jarring in itself in a moment that oh, already was okay. jarring for other reasons yeah i think for me it was like i understand like the poetic value of it but yeah i in that moment i i feel like i should be very emotionally engaged with what is happening but this freeze frame it's forcing me to disconnect emotionally and be more engaged intellectually of like yeah. thinking about uh the filmmaking decisions rather than just you know being in the moment um and so i found it a little distracting but yeah that's a good point yeah but yeah that yeah the ending is just it's just one of those climaxes of a movie that just like really fucking sticks with you and i think that's why the, uh, it's such a good choice of this of like choice of the week or whatever but yeah like i posted about this movie on instagram and a lot of people like were like yeah this movie's fucking awesome i really awesome. like this movie <laughs> and i'm sort of with that too sort of joined the cult of kill list after watching this because it, yeah it is such like a interesting road of a movie that just has just a, a very crazy ending where it's just like yeah just like him having that fight is just something that I feel like just I will not forget anytime soon. Yeah, it's a hitman crime thriller 
where the hitmen don't know they're in a horror movie until the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they get the, like this really Resident Evil, more like Resident Evil 4 kind of ending where it's just like, all right, now you're going to deal with the cult. And now you're going to have to do some really heinous things. And yeah. Just it's be really disorientated. Disoriented. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, just really well done. And it ends before you really know, okay, well, what does this mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, we know that things have gone wrong. This man has done something awful and he's been tricked. He's been trapped in this situation. Uh, he's been set up, but it's like we don't necessarily know, yeah, what it means for him. Um, yeah, the world is much bigger than he can recognize and, or yeah. than we can recognize. And that's what I think is horrific about it. Yeah. So that, is that it for Kill List? Uh, what do you think about the, uh, the Bible club inside of the hotel, like the scene oh. is just fucking like just so great to me because like they're they're like having like a little meal after one of their hits, and they're like uh, Jay and uh, Jay and Gal are having like a little like uh, a meal inside of a restaurant that has like, no one else in it besides like this little prayer club, and this guy getting, like they're like really cheeky though, kind of like making jokes about them, so like oh you have to be like so happy or something like that, or like just, they're kind of just like mocking them subtly at the table but then the guy pulls out a guitar and starts playing yeah. really badly <laughs> and he like goes over there and i thought he was gonna like snatch the guitar and go over the top of it which yeah. he doesn't which i'm really glad that he doesn't he kind of just like really sternly just kind of just like talks him down talks down to him he's like there's a, a time and a place for this and, like you're not fucking Jimi hendrix you shouldn't be playing <laughs> yeah. guitar in a public place i just like fucking love that scene so much um so sort of the dynamic between jay and gal in that scene it it reminds me of something out of like a tarantino movie where it's like we're trying to humanize these hitmen it's like it's very pulp fiction you know we're we're humanizing the hitmen we're showing them having a you know comedic moment together but then also it is reflecting this larger sort of theme which is that like gal is a religious man he's he's worried about killing the priest yeah um and Jay is someone who rejects all that. Meanwhile, Jay is the person who's being sucked into this world, this cult world where like people are sort of deifying him and like maybe kind of worshiping him. <laughs> like they're yeah, honored to yeah. meet him. Like he he holds a lot of value to this cult. Um, but he is someone who rejects all this shit. And uh so yeah, so so that scene is just like kind of playing with that. Um but yeah, it's it's fun and like I, I wanted to post that. I, I was talking to some friends about this on, on just, um, you know, messaging. And I, I wanted to, like, post that to them. But I was like, ah, I don't know if this will really make sense. Or, like, they'll <laughs> understand, like, why this is a special scene out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I just thought of something. Uh, our protagonist, his name is Jay. And it's the movie about religion. Maybe that's a, oh, a very thing? <laughs> a subtle, a subtle, not too subtle connection to mm. our, our boy Jay up in the sky. <laughs> JC yeah i don't know there's there's so much there's yeah this movie is fucking dense there's so much good stuff into it in, in this and it's yeah it's, it's just shot really well it's really it, it sneaks up on you it's a really good choice yeah it's so good i fucking love kill us it's good yeah <laughs> um i've seen a, a few other uh ben wheatley movies and i think this is my favorite um okay. i'd recommend high rise i like high, I, I like the book high rise and i think the adaptation uh is pretty good um free fall is free fall or not free fall free fire um i think that's what it's called um it's basically one long shootout like the bulk of the movie is a shootout 
Oh, and wow. my problem with that movie is that I feel like he doesn't do a good enough job of like establishing like the geography of like where the shootout is taking place. And like yeah. I know that sounds like a weird complaint, but when most of your movie is a shootout, you need to know where the characters are in relation to each other <laughs> because yes. like yeah, totally. that is a huge part of establishing the tension of like are they gonna be exposed like are they able to help each other if they're on the same side um so i think he could have done a little better job of like highlighting the landmarks of the scene um yeah that's that, one of those things that you don't really notice how crucial it is to yeah. like or how integral it is to like a movie that's really action-based is is like when there's something happening like Okay, this is just like our one location. This is our one place. I think, yeah, Shaun of the Dead does that really well, where it's like, okay, yeah. we're going to go to the Winchester. The Winchester has like a lot of windows we can go into. And then we've discovered later there's a cellar to get out the back. Yeah. But there's like one <laughs> main entrance. Yeah. We know where the back door is. We know where the bar is. We know where the jukebox yeah. is. We know where the front door is. And they're yeah. all in like on different sides of where the bulk of this action is taking place yeah. uh, until they dive into the bar and then you know we're surrounded in a, by a bar so yeah um, yeah it's not an easy thing and so yeah when it's not there it is really noticeable you're like, oh damn like, i don't know like it, it just like, feels endless <laughs> yeah um i think that's it for kill list yeah so what have you been watching lately so i finished the nightmare on elm street franchise that I is watched a the huge achievement <laughs> yeah i got that that playstation trophy it's a yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one yeah um uh, yeah, I just want to briefly mention the remake that came out in like 2010 with, um, I just want to make sure I get this guy's name right. Um, no, I'm already forgetting it. He played uh, Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, with Jackie Earl Haley as, yeah, that's right. as Freddy Krueger. And uh, one thing I, that really stuck out to me in this movie is the fact that it, it is like it's a, a remake of the, the classic film and it does does things like pretty similarly but it doesn't take too big of deviations it's not like a shot for shot remake but yeah I, I think they just they missed a lot of marks with just taking a lot of the fun out of a nightmare on elm street just because the like the entire concept of this the movie of like a uh, fucking crazy child killer from the past like showing up in the, the kids dreams is just it's fucking absurd in itself and even though the first one is like played fairly straight they do have a lot of fun with like like i say like freddie stretching his arms out in the beginning or like just just like just the ridiculousness of how they portray freddie on screen is always kind of there from the beginning it gets really slapsticky and crazy as the series goes on but here there's like they're playing it just totally straight just like and it's not fun at all and it's just really like kind of falls flat because it's just there's just so many things about this movie that it could be kind of cool but it like isn't and so there's like this interesting fucking credit scenes in the beginning where they're like doing like the actors like the cast or whatever the crew mm -hmm. and the whole thing with freddie is like he, he preys on children and so they uh write the cast and everyone's name like in chalk like on the ground like as it feels like you know like kids writing the names in chalk yeah. but then they place like a actual credit over this so you can't like really read it and so that's just one of those things where like, uh, it would have been cool and menacing if you just had the names written in chalk and just yeah. lit it really cool. But instead, you like you have like Jackie or Haley written. You in couldn't chalk commit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It seems like like yeah. It's like kind of 
like, oh, like we want to do this, but like maybe the studio said like, you know, oh, you have to put the names in text or something like that. And it just, that kind of bothered me. It stars Rooney Mara and it's like Rooney Mara. Yeah, I'm this, really this, surprised by that. Yeah, this came out in the same year as The Social Network where she's playing like uh, like a college student at like uh, Stanford or whatever. And then this is another, this is a year before uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Where she's playing like this badass BDSM like killer character or whatever. And so, yeah, it just like, just did not work for me. Her playing like Nancy Holbrook, who's supposed to be like the really kind of like mousy and quiet kind of girl that, sort of like steps up to the the challenge of like taking on Freddy Krueger. The first, uh, the original does this really great thing where it is like visually, like it kind of stays with like the more quote unquote attractive couple or whatever. And like the, the typical like, like blonde and kind of jock thing. And this movie mm-hmm. doesn't really commit too much to that either. And it, I don't know, it's just, it's just really strange. And yeah, just Jack Hero Haley, his makeup is just a little too menacing. His they make him look sort of like a primate kind of sort of just like when you can like take his distinguishing features away and kind of just like make him like a really realistic burn victim like he kind of looks yeah, he looks like, kind of like a chimpanzee in some shots and i was like this is like just not working for me at all so and yeah so they clearly wanted to take a darker route and yeah. hearing you talk about this i was like i wonder when this came out in relation to the dark knight and I looked it up and yeah. Dark Knight was two years before. So I wonder yeah, if yeah. it's like that sort of thing where it's like, we got to cut out the seriousness. We got to try and make it feel more grounded in reality and like a darker tone. And it's like, you Definitely. can't make it, you can't make it grounded in reality because of the nature of Freddy Krueger as a character. But like, yeah. know, we can make it a little more gritty, you know? They do. Yeah. Cause at least in the originals, like, I don't, it seems like they never really let Robert England and Wes Craven go fully into like, Freddy Krueger is like molesting these kids mm-hmm. territory. It's more like he's just a killer. It's not really stated that he did anything yeah. more sinister. But in this one, it's like, so, no, I'm not they, fucking they, him. I'm just yeah, killing no, him. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just angry that you fucking lit him on fire. So he's just coming yeah. back and just making really bad jokes and, you know, killing, <laughs> killing these teenagers. But in this one, like, no, like there's like this whole reveal where like they go into like Freddy's like lair and everything. And then they find like a box of pictures and she's like, she starts crying over it. And it's just like, like, I don't know. It's just, really really heavy and it yeah. just the tone is just fucking super mixed and it just it's like one of those movies where like this could be like a fun campy heightened like you know you take the budget take the makeup and like put it in 2010 and you know it, you can make it look really fantastic and i don't know it just it tries too hard to sort of replicate shots and replicate things from the original and and to, like I said, to dial up the darkness of it, and it does it in a way that's just like just not fun, and just mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just it's one of those movies where it's just like it just feels sterile, and like it's like everyone's just like really like yeah dour in this movie, and it just just did not work at all, and yeah, it, it's really interesting watching that franchise go from like kind of like the the the, the graph of it is really fascinating where it's like yeah like starts off really high and kind of takes some dips towards the middle there's something to really like about all of those movies in different ways but it's clear like it's sort of on the downturn and yeah it's like i don't know it it, it gets a little bit back with a uh, new nightmare new nightmare is an interesting like a meta approach to it where it's like the actress who uh played nancy from the original is like it's like freddy krueger's just uh <laughs> terrorizing her and her like actual life 
And there's a point where like the character goes to Wes Craven and is like, hey, like, are you writing a script? And he's like, yeah, I'm writing a new Freddy Krueger script. She's like, well, can you stop? Because like Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger is terrorizing me. He's like, no, I can't stop. <laughs> I have to keep making this like or else he's going to kill me. And I don't know. So they have some fun with just the framing of it in, in New Nightmare. So I would recommend New Nightmare. And like, yeah, and uh, Freddy versus Jason is fun. I throw that in there too. But really? Okay. It, it's, 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 it's just so over the top that it's, it, it has a lot of charm to it. Just the, the sheer ridiculousness of like Freddy Krueger bringing Jason back to life. And then Jason starts killing too many kids. And so Freddy's oh, he's like, I call dibs on that. And so it's just, <laughs> it's just so fucking silly that it kind of works. And so. They need to make Freddy know. versus Jason versus alien versus predator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently the comic uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash is good. They, oh, they that's do cool. Little, they do a little Evil Dead thing, and so yeah, there there's some good stuff in the franchise as a whole. But yeah, I just was expecting something a little bit more fun from the remake. But yeah, it totally just did not do that. So happy to yeah. be done with not that interested franchise. in fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and also I just want to mention something completely not movie related because uh, fucking I know we're both big music fans. We mm-hmm. love love music and there's this show i recently found out about uh, i was watching a podcast with tom segura and he, intri- he interviewed this industry insider by the name of christian hand and christian hand is like a really interesting character from like he's born in the uk he has like some ties with like like the early hip-hop scene from like the 90s like he was like a like a backup kind of like hype man sort of for the group the grave diggers which uh was riz's like side project before the wu-tang clan like really took off and so he like kind of toured with them a little bit has just been like really close with like the music industry like sort of ever since those times he was like he helped out on the music video for hey ya like the outcast oh, song okay. <laughs> so yeah he's like he's just like this guy is kind of just like just been tightly knit with like you know radio and like you know he's like a, it's like a radio dj from back in the day and just like continued to be really close with the music industry and so now he has a show called well he has an instagram page called the session ig live and what they do is is he basically has the stems of like popular rock songs funk songs hip-hop songs or whatever so he has the stems of these songs and he does like breakdowns of them so he'll this past week like he did uh, Rage Against the Machines, Testify. He did System of a Down's Toxicity. He did uh, Jimmy World, uh, Bleed American. So he does like like some like really like kind of like dope songs where he'll have the drum track and then the bass track and then the guitar track and then the vocals. And just by track by track, he'll kind of just go through and be like, well, this is kind of what they did. This is what it sounds all on its own. Like there's like, here's like some different filters that they were like kind of considering and then sort of just like rebuild the song track by track. And it's like this really interesting way to sort of experience a song in like an entirely different context. And sometimes the the bandmates themselves will be on the Instagram live while he's doing it. And they'll be like making con- uh, comments. They'll be kind of be going back and forth and be like, hey, like, was this like a producer decision or was this something that you guys kind of just came That sounds with? really fucking cool. Yeah. It, I, honestly, like when I found out about this, I've just been like watching it as much as I can. That sounds they, so cool. Yeah. The the time is little, it's weird. He does it like every night at like 6 PM. And so I've been watching it at like 10 AM my time over here. And so I'm like at work, just like jamming out, like when he was doing the rage against the machine, it was so fucking dope because like, like the drummer, I, I don't, I don't know the names besides like Zach Brad Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah. Like, like he's like playing like the drum track and it's like so fucking heavy. And like they're, 
they do the vocals at the end so it makes you really appreciate just like the musicianship of what they're doing and it's like fuck like Rage Against the Machine was sounding like they had like really heavy um ah fuck I forget the name of the band Um, they had like a Led Zeppelin influence I thought yeah I was gonna say Iron Maiden but that's not the one it's like a another big kind of like like fucking heavy ass band from that time. I'm totally blanking on a black, black Sabbath. Sabbath? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like a really fucking clear like Black Sabbath like inspiration yeah. there, and it's just like, yeah. Then like they get to Tom Morello's guitars, and they're like, yeah, like he's fucking doing like this weird hip hop thing where he's making this guitar sound like a fucking record scratch. Yeah, some shit. just rubbing like, the strings. Yeah, and it's just it's just a really beautiful, fun, like in like like sort of like oh here's this like the like the behind the scenes of like what it was like to sort of be in these studios and hear these tracks get built and he does this thing where when he plays the the acapella the vocals like make sure everyone in the chat stops typing and so it's like okay so everyone shut the fuck up and just like listen to these vocals and yeah hearing like zach de la roca's like raw acapella is like fucking incredible or hearing like uh surge tanking from uh, uh system of a down like hearing his vocals like acapella on on uh they did uh, chop suey and uh toxicity and it's just like it's fucking insane like this dude's yeah. vocal range like this guy is just like <laughs> it's crazy this dude is like like really like a, a fantastic he's like he's singer. trained right wasn't he like i remember I, hearing that like he had like he was like a pretty educated vocalist i i don't know about his history but i know he says that he has the same vocal range as like freddie mercury or something like that or he had like he like a like a 4.2 or something huh. i could totally be getting that information oh, wrong they're okay. much more knowledgeable about that on the show so i'm reading about it now he's never had formal vocal training that's yeah. that's wild he, he uses vocal exercises that a friend taught him um yeah. just to prevent blowing out his voice but yeah but it's just a really fucking addictive show he does it like almost every single night and it's yeah like i'm just completely head over heels for that shit because it's like it's so much fun to just like sit down and be like okay like yeah like here's like the guitar track just on the left here it is on the right here it is when they combine it it's like oh then rick rubin added some pianos just like it's just like it's just a lot of fun to just nerd out about these songs so it's called the session ig live they don't save or post anything so he, whenever he does the that show sucks, man you, you like, gotta you only have, archive that you only have one chance to watch it well it's an issue with copyright and like him not being able to like it's like a copyright infringement if you like but it's posting. like but he's talking about the music so it's fair use he's analyzing the music true true and like the bands are usually there yeah comments about it too like at least through the text but i don't know there's some there's some legal music industry shit know, happening there i don't where believe it's like, okay. that i think it's a marketing scheme he's trying to get people to tune in <laughs> no man, it seems sincere it's, it sounds sincere it sounds like yeah he had like some legal issues with like like reposting these songs i mean it's probably okay so probably what it is like having worked in copyright protection it's probably that there are automatic flags so like his videos are getting flagged automatically but he can challenge those for fair use and it would be valid for Um, sure but yeah but it's a hoop he'd have to jump through so yeah it seems like (laughs) they're just kind of embracing the the temporary aspect of it and sort of being like if you're here for it you're here for it if you're not you're not and so it's i don't know it makes it feel a bit more exclusive and a little bit more like kind of like makes it more valuable so like okay like make sure i catch this and sit down and listen to it so yeah check out the session ig live with christian hand what have you been watching this week um, this week I started and finished um, Midnight Mass on Netflix. Have you watched that at all? No, not yet. Dude, I fucking, 
it's i haven't been this enthusiastic about a show in a long time like i really really dug it um yes. it i i don't want to talk too much about the plot details which is not gonna make for an interesting listen um but like within the first episode okay you you definitely have to watch this because yeah, yeah. i think it's Some very <laughs> it is very relevant to this show um within the first episode i think you will know what, exactly where it's going mm-hmm. um it's the first time i've watched a show where the production value like the quality of certain production elements are almost a spoiler <laughs> um, okay. the like i'll say specifically say the makeup the makeup is a spoiler for this show uh okay. you know where the show is going um but yeah it's from uh, mike flanagan um mm-hmm who did, you know, Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. Um, he also did Dr. Sleep. He's becoming, like, this new, you know, master of horror. And, yeah, yeah Midnight Mass. Uh, one of the problems with the show is there's uh, a few too many monologues. He, it, it almost feels like this should be a book or something where we're spending a lot of time, like, having a character talk about, like, their, their perspectives on things, their life philosophy. It's like, I feel like this is something that would be uh taken care of in a in a book not that outside of dialogue um it's a little strange and i think um one of the performers i'm forgetting her name uh doesn't pull off these monologues quite as well and i looked it up and it it turns out she's mike flanagan's wife so maybe that's why (laughs) um little sherry moon zombie action (laughs) kate Kate siegel yeah um yeah exactly um but yeah it's a fucking great show I, I feel like within the first episode, you can get a very good understanding of where things are going, but it is a, it is a joy to watch it get there. Um, all of the clues and the way it builds, it's it's just really fun to see it unfold. And yeah, I, I dug this show. Midnight Mass on Netflix. Go watch it. I've heard it. a lot of good things. I've yeah. heard so many. Yeah, I need to get, need to get on it. Um, yeah, the performances, I would say every performance except for his wife is phenomenal. <laughs> like the villain oh, is really no. good. You, ab- her, uh, Samantha Sloyan, she plays the villain, Bev Keen. Uh, you absolutely hate her. <laughs> um, and you're like, is this a good performance or do I just like hate how this person is written? And, and over the course of the show, I'm like, no, like she's fucking doing a great job. Um, yeah. yeah. And then Hamish Linklater plays, a. Uh, you know this priest uh, okay so to talk about some of it to give you some idea of what it's about mm-hmm. um yeah it's about this community that lives on this island and there the pastor in this community uh goes on a pilgrimage and he com- um uh this this younger pastor comes back to be a substitute and this younger pastor has this big box and it is very clear that something is living inside of this box. <laughs> okay. And uh, a f- couple people on the island have reported that they're seeing this large, uh, this some large bird flying around with this large wingspan. And that's basically all you need to know to get going. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's very, very good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I really want to watch it. I've been, yeah, <laughs> force feeding myself these goddamn Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And yeah, after nine of those movies, I'm looking forward to a, a TV show or something a little different. Yeah, watch uh, watch the first episode. And I, yeah, I was I was on board after the first. I think we watched three episodes in a row the first night. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. That's about it for me. Sweet. 
Well, this has been episode 57 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, let us know. I just posted uh, requests or curious to see if anyone on my Instagram is looking to give us franchise suggestions. If you have franchise suggestions or movie suggestions, you can tweet at us, tweet at Vague Zone on the Twitter. If you are on there, let us know what movies we should watch going into november and december closing the year out yeah so we're going to be finishing the cornetto trilogy next week with uh at the world's end yeah world's end. am i saying i think it's just the world's end i think it's just the world's end (laughs) yeah so yeah the world's end we're going to be closing out the cornetto trilogy we're looking forward to it all right yeah it's been episode 57 i'm thomas and i am daniel we'll catch you on the next one peace Thank you.